0: Okay. Is that a problem? Is that a problem? (laughs) not a problem. It's too late now, isn't it? I can't really change my voice. Sorry, you need to go back and get born again.
1: (laughs) 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 This is Layers, a conversation about building brands with more depth. Hey, welcome back to Layers. This season, we're going to be talking about the rebrands. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Dave. How things good, very good, good, good. So yeah, we're going to be focusing in on the rebrand, and specifically what goes into a rebrand, what to look out for in terms of the signs in your business that you need to rebrand, and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, that's what this season's all about. So yeah, we're going to kick off today by talking a bit more about what actually you should look out for in your brand when things are starting to go a little bit pear shaped or the business is tanking or you're trying to look at your future and possibly how rebrand plays into that. So let's start there. Signs to look for in your business. Let's talk through all the things that potentially could trigger a rebrand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think rebranding is I guess a bit of a unique situation in the in the stage of any business can be a sign that things are going really well or sign that things aren't going so well as as to reasons why you might consider a rebrand. I guess the first place that I start is thinking about some of the themes that we talked about on the last season where, you know, the brand should be a really authentic representation of the people and the business and everything they offer. So, the obvious place to start is if that is no longer true because of a change in the business. Then that's you know I guess a broader theme or sign as to as to why you might want to consider a rebrand. You know you start out at one point in in business and, and life, and things obviously change over time. So you know that's going to trigger sometimes some pretty big changes in your business.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big one actually. Like where mm. you you've, you tend to have lost your relevance in in your marketplace mm. because you've stopped representing the, the, the culture and values yeah. um, and I think that's definitely a, a trigger point for a lot of brands that we've yeah. worked with in the past. So, I guess then you start thinking about like
0: what would some of those trigger points be mm-hmm. you know I mean there's some blatantly obvious ones and some ones that we've encountered like a merger so mm-hmm. you might have three or four disparate brands you know that are suddenly coming together under a, a new, new banner and so they're definitely going to need, you know, a, a unifying brand, and and that's even a sort of sub challenge under this, you know, unique sort of circumstance. So that's
1: one thing. Yeah, I mean, because you've really got kind of two paths you could go down. If you if you're merging with another company or another brand, you can either adopt somebody else's mm-hmm. brands, like whoever pick one. Yeah, so either you can merge merge with that brand, mm-hmm. or you can think about. Uh, rebranding in its entirety, mm. um, which offers a lot of opportunity as well too. And I, I think you've got to think through the strategy of each of those yeah. those options. If somebody has a really well established brand that's already out there in the marketplace and it and it fits nicely with where you where you're trying to go in terms of your core joint mission together, mm. then I think I think you're good to go, and go down that path. Yep. But quite often you find when two businesses come together or three businesses or four businesses like we've recently done before, yep that you you tend to have this mixed pot of, of values and, and mission and, and what the, the vision should look like for the business. Yeah. And I think in that circumstance, like, the rebrand makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it brings together, I guess, even some of the other benefits of branding in general of, you know, really getting everyone on the same page, you know, if you do have those multiple businesses coming together. Yeah. It might be a lot of opinions. So, trying to get that straight is a good opportunity.
1: Yeah. So okay. So merger is merger is number one on the list. So where there's where there's a merge happening. Yeah. What what else do you think? Like triggers uh, a rebrands. Like what's one of the other core core triggers that we've we've come across in the past? Certainly,
0: if your services offering has changed, you know, or your business model, um, something as core as that, uh, often, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to rebrand if you just say add a new service. Um, but I think I mean that probably even brings up. I guess, a broader point, which is when we're talking rebrand, we're not just specifically talking about, say, changing your logo or picking a different colour palette. You know, it's as much about all those things that we talked about last time in terms of your positioning, your messaging, your strategy, those sorts of things. And that's where the, the change in services or business model is a good example to that in the sense that just because, you know, you add a new service doesn't necessarily mean you have to change your logo, but it may mean that you have to change your messaging and your positioning, you know. You might go from being a specialist in one area to a, a generalist in a lot of different services. And so, if you're going to make that sort of change, there's a, a big chance that your messaging and your positioning will need to evolve.
1: Right. So, yeah. So, essentially what you're talking about is the the fundamental story of the business has changed, yeah. but the front-facing communication and visual identity and ethos hasn't, okay. yeah. So you you kind of get this mis- mismatch that kind of happens, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we we've come across that scenario a lot actually, and I would say that's probably one of the most common um, situations when it comes to rebranding is the story doesn't necessarily reflect what's happening in the in the business itself. Yeah. Um, so the business has matured or it's shifted, it's gone in a different direction. Yeah. I think that's that's a big, big factor and that's one to watch out for. If you're a CEO or you're a brand manager, I reckon that's a big part of your job is to keep your finger on the pulse and make sure that you're always reflecting the core brand. And if it doesn't, then either you've got to figure out a way to kind of get it back on track mm. or you've got to think about a, a bigger fundamental change which triggers a rebrand. Yeah.
0: And I think the thing to sort of contextualise that is you think about when most of the initial branding messaging positioning is done and it's almost inherently has to be done before this business even exists, right? You think about the first time any new business ever does branding. Yep, It happens before they've served their first customer, you know, because usually you need some sort of front-facing brand to go out there and start. So, that's all based on assumptions and what you had planned the business to be and what you thought it would represent and, you know, a lot of that comes from the founder or, you know, the initial team. But we know that's going to change over time. You know, you'll get out there, you'll serve customers, you'll learn things from them, they'll ask for different services, you'll learn you're better at some things than you thought, team will come and go, you know, like things will evolve. So, it stands to reason, I guess, that, you know, those things that you originally set out with when you first founded the business are going to shift and change over time. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully things like your mission and your passion don't, but certainly, yeah, some of that that story that comes from that, you know, will evolve and and there'll likely be a point where you might have to change.
1: Yeah. I mean, is this a nuanced point as well too? This kind of leads into another like potential rebrand trigger point is that your brand is tired. So, it hasn't necessarily... It, it, the, the core fundamental model hasn't really changed too much, but in terms of the way that you communicate and the way that your visual identity... Uh, plays out in the market, mm. can become tight. Guess why You see some of the big brands that have been around for a long time. Yeah. You're 20 years deep with a logo mm. um, and a way of kind of messaging that, that brands, and all of a sudden you, you sound a bit stale in the marketplace. Yeah. Is that another trigger point, do you think, for, for a rebrand? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think that, you know, inherently...
0: Styles change, you know, customer preferences change, you know, the the especially if you're talking just purely on the aesthetics side of things, like the visual identity stuff, there is an element that, you know, as superficial as it sounds, you know, the what people want to see and what they perceive as quality and trust and all those, you know, things that we hope to represent, you know, through a professional brand identity, they change, you know. So it's very rare that a logo will be timeless forever. Mm. So, that's definitely a part of it. I think the other side of the the staleness argument too comes, you know, even internally, you know, does yeah. it just permeate this feeling of staleness across the team and the staff? Like, they're not excited about the brand and out there championing, you know, for it because they feel it's, you know, doesn't, again, represent them anymore. It's, it's a bit tired.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one situation that comes to mind there, like if we are sort of, Talking about practical examples is... Do you you remember when Qantas did their rebrand? I mean, it's been a long time since (laughs) they they rebranded. But I remember distinctly back in the day when Virgin came into the market Mm. and Virgin looked like the new, young, strong, like, player, Um, just completely fresh messaging. Um, Their planes looked better. Mm. And it made Qantas look really kind of old and and tired. And... So, I mean, that's an example of where like probably the fundamental model didn't really change that much. Like Mm. Qantas has always been like that premium uh, carrier and they've gone for a different demographic as opposed to, say, Virgin. But that's where an example of like where like modernizing the brand because it was tied – and that can mean, like, refitting the insides of your planes. It can be overhauling your staff uniforms. It could be... Which is all brand know, experience. It, it's all brand yeah. experience, yeah. But I, I think, you know, in that example, that was probably a trigger point for for a rebrand.
0: Well, what's really interesting about that, as you explained it, is their position hadn't changed, but it's almost like what represented that position had. So, yeah. their old logo and whatever when they first came out with it would have represented prestige and premium. But what the market then saw as prestige and premium changed. Yeah, so they had to move to keep up with that. So as you say, it wasn't that what they were even trying to stand for changed, but how you represented and put forward that image did change. You know, the market expectations for what premium and quality meant shifted. Mm. So they had to shift with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting when you think about big companies as well too because oftentimes with big companies you get a CEO that has a tenure for what, four or five years like if they're lucky and then they tend to kind of be like either they've had enough and they're ready to exit out the door. Yep. (laughs) Um, or they get pushed out the door. <laughs> yeah. um, it, but I think that's another interesting point to kind of talk about is like what happens when a new CEO comes into the hot seat? Yeah. Quite oftentimes that is also a trigger point. They're going to see the brand differently. They're yeah. going to have new a new vision for it. And oftentimes I'll be working within the existing brands, but sometimes it's so fundamental to what they want to get done as as a CEO, as a leader of a company, yeah. that that can be a trigger point alone is new, new personality coming into that leadership role.
0: Yeah, I mean, even, uh, you know, other elements of the business, if it's in even just the marketing team having some changeover or, you know, one of the other things that we see is sort of a trigger point is when businesses grow up, as we yep. call it, you know. Yeah. So, they've been you know, more of that startup kind of brand, you know, for a few years, but the team's grown, you know, the business has grown. They've become more sophisticated in what they offer. They've become more refined in their services and their positioning. So, you know, they sort of have this feeling of like, oh, we're a grown-up business now. We're not a startup anymore. So, their, their startup branding might not feel, you know, as sophisticated or as premium as or accomplished, I guess, as the, the business itself is. But that also, to me, ties into that idea of they might then be appointing a marketing person, you know, to come in, and they've never had someone in that brand manager type role before. So, to your point, they're going to inject, you know, their own opinion and, and see things differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll. I mean, I think we should probably cover off in this podcast the, the wrong reasons to, yeah. to, to rebrand as well, too. And funny enough, I've also got that on the other side of my ledger. We'll mm. talk about that a little bit later yeah. um, about about people and why that is also when you get new people coming into the business why it could be potentially a bad idea to rebrand yeah. as well. But absolutely I agree. Like I think that's a it's an opportunity when you have new people come into the business and they see things differently, then you know that can trigger a rebrand. Okay, let's talk about a fairly obvious reason to rebrand, which is that you look at your PL and it's tanking mm. and you're wondering what the hell you're gonna do as as a business. A Rebrand is is one of those options that sort of sits um, in your arsenal for for trying to turn things around yep. and quite often we'll get that call. So, we know that there's businesses that have been in a difficult spot and, and the rebrand is all about, you know, differentiation, telling a new story, freshening up, going after a different part of the marketplace. But that's often a trigger point, right? Like things are tough.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, as we've seen quite often... You know, misalignment with the brand is is one of those reasons. You know, and some of those other uh, points that we already covered. You know, the team's tired; they need a shot in the arm. You know, and you know, certainly the the branding and perception that you're putting out there can help with that too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also think about like what would be a trigger point for our own brand to to be rebranded, and I actually think more future focused. Like if if I want to protect the the moat that's around <laughs> our business and around Ply, I would potentially rebrand based on where I want to be in the future mm. as well too. So, uh, it's almost like a future-proofing exercise more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: an interesting way to think about it too in terms of what we were talking about before of like, oh, my service model has changed. Well, it might be that, as you say, it's not even necessarily what you're doing now or have been doing historically for the last few months or whatever in terms of new services, it might be I want to attract these new types of clients or I want to offer these new types of services. And how do I project that image, as you say, of like, we can definitely do this, we're capable, or you know, you should come to us for these reasons. It may be sort of getting more on the front foot than than a reaction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I actually just just came to me now, but like with a a P&L type scenario where the business is tanking mm-hmm. or it's just not making sense because you just can't you can't achieve the price that you want for the thing that you sell, whether it's a widget, whether it's a service. Mm-hmm. The, the rebrand makes a lot of sense purely from a tactical standpoint in terms of being able to charge higher prices. Mm-hmm. We know that there's a lot of scientific kind of evidence around, around this that you can actually charge more for a product or a service where the perceived brand has more more value. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that might be another interesting trigger point as to, to why you might even consider the the, the rebrand as well. Yeah. Um, is to is to actually make that balance sheet look a lot stronger.
0: Yeah. And I think the pricing one is a is actually a big big one under that banner. Yeah. As you say, it's it's very hard, I guess, to to keep ticking your prices up, you know, with the same perception in the market. If you want to be more premium, you're going to need a more premium brand.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's almost like the forgotten strategic layer in all of this is that you can elevate pricing mm-hmm. when you do a rebrand, and oftentimes we, we don't really kind of think about that so much. But it is—it's kind of like a byproduct of of a rebrand, but such a critical, fundamental way of improving your your business model. Yeah, I guess
0: the the is the flip side of that though a bit of a transition into some of the the wrong reasons. Yeah, and, and the only reason I bring that up is that. That's uh, the flip side of that is to be aware that it's not just going to magically fix everything. You know, yes. a rebrand is not, not some golden bullet. And I think particularly if, if it's driven for the wrong reasons, you know, like if if it's not coming from you know an honest and and reflective place of well, this is our new strategy or this is our new business model and this brand really represents it. If it's more just oh, let's you know slap a new coat of paint on it do something that looks flashy but isn't necessarily the best representation of us but just because we think you know in the short term it's going to you know return a few extra customers but it's it's too short term focused i think that's a
1: actually a bad bad idea that's a big one i, I agree like if the if the business model is broken and you're just going to whack a new brand on it and hope that things are going to be like kosher yeah you're probably going to end up like really disappointed and actually, probably going to end up broke. Yeah. I think. yeah. Yeah, well,
0: you spend a bunch of money on the rebrand as well as, you yeah. know, not see the results.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, a rebrand is a big undertaking if you're going to do it properly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a diversion of resources for a, for a period of time to, to make a rebrand happen and – yeah, I mean, if it's not for the right reasons, as you say, it's got to be coming from a good place of, okay, we've done the hard work to try and figure out our business model. Now, we just need to go out there and we need to create that that layer on top, that brand layer. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge one. Mm. Any other poor reasons to rebrand? Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about people before mm. and th- this one's really nuanced but what can happen I think in a brand is that you have an influx of like it could be a person or it could be a couple of um, new people that come into your business and this happens particularly for small I think and medium sized businesses they might have a bunch of new ideas they they might they might come to the table with you know maybe a little bit of strategy that they've taken from another business that they've been in mm-hmm. and want to come and apply it to to the business that they've just joined mm-hmm. yep. and that may alter the course of of a business, but not in the right way. Yeah, and where you've already got a good business model and the strategy is working, and you know the profit and loss looks really good, it can be a temptation to kind of go after the new shiny object. Mm-hmm. And people are often championing; they're behind that um, when you have an influx of new people. So I think you just got to be careful when when you get new people coming into your business that you don't just kind of jump at the new shiny way of doing things. You've got to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, I think for me that's sort of this bigger theme almost of
0: a rebrand for rebrand's sake. Yes. And I think it is, as you say, the new shiny thing because, you know, let's face it, like getting a new brand is fun. You know, a lot of people have interest in design or, you know, fancy themselves, you know, to have a great eye for design and those sorts of things. So, it's an exciting project, you know, to be involved of and, and to spark and we even talked about this, I guess, you know, a lot on our own about how, how much, you know, you often do want to make your mark, you know, in your role uh, in, in your business and one way to do that is to have a heavy influence, you know, on the branding. Yeah. So, there's definitely a danger to to see it as a sexy, fun thing to do and then and push for it even if it's that, that's a little bit subconsciously. As yeah. you say, it's got to be for the right reasons and have more to it than, oh, well, I don't really like that logo and someone else made it, so I'm going to make a new one.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a big one for brand managers and and for founders or CEOs to to just really kind of think through mm. and make sure that they're they're making the the right decisions around a rebrand, and and for all the reasons that we've kind of already outlined before. You just got to make sure that you, yeah, you, you're doing it because you, you're trying to to grow the business, or that you know there's a, a fundamental like flaw in the business that needs to be fixed from a model standpoint. The the other one that comes to mind for me is that, and this is less less of a uh, uh, less important, I, I would say, but like just just rebranding because you see somebody else's logo that looks really cool, yeah, and you you want to kind of get like you got a little bit of FOMO about. About what other brands are doing. They've got the new cool typeface. Yeah. That's not a good reason to rebrand. I mean, I had
0: something similar down in terms of just following trends, you know. Mm. As, as you say, it's yeah, you just if especially if you subscribe to, you know, some design newsletters or whatever, you're always seeing something that, you know, you're like, Oh, that's so cool, or that's
1: way better than what we've got. Yeah. You know,
0: but that's that's not a strong enough reason.
1: Oh, for sure. I definitely think that's a big one. Yeah. You got any more, or we're we done talking ourselves out of work here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a couple of others. Um, I mean, just to kind of finish on a, a couple of other reasons why you might consider a, a rebrand or what, what might be a really good trigger point. Reputation, I think, um, specifically, like, you, you, and this plays into more the new CEO coming into a role, but like where you take over a company where it's got a pretty shitty reputation, mm. it, that is a great trigger point for, for a rebrand because you might be carrying a lot of that legacy, a lot of um, bad vibes with customers. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're you're a bit broken in the marketplace. And I think that's a good opportunity to to kind of repaint the story. Yeah. So, reputation, I think, is, is a great trigger point for a yeah. rebrand.
0: Yeah. It's, I almost think about the analogy that we had in the first episode of last season where we talked about the idea that your brand's like a bucket and all the customer experiences that people have and individual have goes into filling up that bucket. That's almost like tipping out the bucket to try and start again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's never going to be a completely clean, you know, fresh start, but certainly can, can assist when there's some of those bad vibes.
1: Yeah, and the final one I've got on my list is that you... I've had this situation before in that you have a founder who has been running at a million miles an hour. So it's just more, more applies to a startup situation, like running at a million miles an hour, didn't do the brand process properly, mm-hmm. has found traction at some point, yeah. the business is going okay, but they recognize that they didn't do the brand right in the first place. So they might even just only have a logo. They never even thought about messaging. They never thought about all the other brand elements. They never thought about the experience for the customer. They just didn't do any of those other layers. That's yeah, they, and, and so they've just been running so fast on it that, when they finally catch their breath and realise their brand is pretty average, yeah. that that is a great opportunity to come back and think about a, a rebrand so, as, a, as a trigger point.
0: I guess the... And then the, the final thing that I just wanted to touch on was just, you know, and I guess we'll go deeper into all these things, but what are the some of the considerations that someone needs to think about if they are considering a rebrand? You know, for me, it's things like you know, how do you keep your current clients engaged? You know, you're making a change and you might have some level of brand loyalty even if you, you know, might have some of these other problems that we're talking about. So, you've got to think about that and staff, you know, goes along with that too, you know. So, how do you keep them engaged or, you know, get them, you know, really excited about the new brand? Mm-hmm. Who should be involved, you know, in the process? You know, is it, it shouldn't just be the brand manager. It might be, you know, some other people and also, just I guess understanding that it doesn't have to be a case where the entire brand gets thrown out. You know, we've had situations where something like the logo might endure, but you know, the the messaging and positioning changes and and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a nice little um, that's a nice little teaser for for where we're going to go next because I think there's a lot of good territory to cover there. So. All right, well, that's a nice place to kind of wrap up for today. If you do want to um, dig further into these topics, definitely go to ply.studio. You can read some of our blog posts about some of these topics on there or if you want to listen to other things regarding brand building and how to build a bit more depth into your your brand, you can go to the Layers podcast website. That's it for today, MC. Nice. Thanks for chatting. Welcome back. Yeah, cheers. Welcome back to you. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> cheers. See ya. Bye. <laughs>